right, James chapter 2, verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed. Everybody say believed. Abraham believed God, and it was imputed. It was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. That's a pretty good thing to be called, your nickname called the friend of God. Amen. That's awesome. Hallelujah. But Abraham believed God. Amen. So let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word, the power of your word. I pray for each and every heart, oh God, here today that you would speak to us. We need you, Lord. We're nothing without your touch. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. <clears throat> so our our word, I guess, of focus, if you will, is believe. That's a broad word. It's got a broad term to it. But um, as I tried to find uh, a good definition for it, and like I said, you can have pages and pages of def definitions just over this one word. But it's to have faith in. So faith and believing are uh, closely associated. It means to entrust and commit, to have confidence in the truth, the existence, or the reliability of something, although without absolute proof that one is right in doing so. You believe, but you don't have the absolute proof that what you're believing in is the right thing to do. Amen? That's faith. It's the substance of things that are hoped for. And then I like this little footnote that they put on this definition. Only if one believes in something can one act with purpose. Only if you believe in something, amen, can you act upon it with purpose. In other words, and you know, it's just not... And I've said this a lot, and, um, but it's just not, you know, you can just believe in the Lord, right? Everybody say, believe in the Lord and you're, you'll be safe, amen? But you can't just believe in the Lord and sit on your couch. Does that make sense? You have to act upon what you believe. Belief makes you move, amen? The Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. If you believe, then you should be baptized. Amen. It says, he that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, and that's where we get our belief. It says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this spake he of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So if you, it says that uh, those that believe should receive the Holy Ghost. You can read it in John chapter 7. So there's if you will, are stipulations on believing, but belief is, is, the, is the main thing, believing. Do you believe in God? Amen? And uh, you have, when you do believe in something, you can act with purpose, and that's why you are all here this morning, because you do believe, and you have acted. You've showed up to the house of the Lord. Romans chapter 4, verse number 11 it said, and he, speaking about Abraham, received the sign of circumcision, 
a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of them that believe. So he's the father of all that believe. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. So he was circumcised. That was his covenant with the Lord. But he actually had faith before he ever received the covenant of circumcision is what it's saying. And then we that are not of the circumcision, no, we are not of the Jews, amen, that we also can be justified, made righteous, and that's what that means, righteous through faith, just like our father Abraham was, amen. We are not Jewish, or you may be, but if you're not, we've been grafted in, amen, to that special group of people, amen, through the Holy Spirit, amen, circumcision, not of the flesh, but of the heart, amen. So verse 12, the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, that's us, but who also walk in the steps of that faith. I want to talk a few, a few, uh, little bit about some steps of that faith. The steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Amen. And we are children of Abraham. Amen. Been in church very long. You know the, the song for the kids. Father Abraham had what? Many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, amen. Right foot, left foot, amen. <clears throat> Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him, amen, as it was imputed unto him. It means to take an inventory. Amen. If we could take an inventory of your heart today, would you be a believer? Because it's not the circumcision of the outside. It's not you showing up into the house of God. Amen. It's not you saying, I go to the United Pentecostal Church over there, East Wind. I go to that church. Amen. Those are the outward things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to take an inventory of our heart, do you believe? Because if you believe, then you'll act with purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis. We're going to look into Genesis a little bit. Um, how many is doing the bread chart? Amen. It's a great way to go through the Word of God. And it always starts with Genesis. What a great book, isn't it? Genesis is. It's one of the, my favorites because it's easy to read because of the story that it tells. Amen. And so it's a great book, and it's a great uh, way to start the new year off, because Genesis itself means beginnings, right, or origins. That's what it means. The beginning, in it we find the beginning of the universe, uh, the earth, mankind. There's so many new things that we find right off. The family, amen, Israel, which is God's chosen people. The first mention of redemption is found in the book of Genesis, and it's the beginning of God's revelation of himself. Amen. God wants to reveal himself to us. And he does it through his word. Amen. 
that he brought forth. And so I want to know God, amen, and I know you do too. And, and he's made it very easy for us to know him because he wants to reveal himself to us, amen. And so when we begin to look after him and to search after him, he rewards us. He, he brings more revelation into our life. He mean, brings more purpose and desire. And, and really, there's no limit to your walk with God. We only limit ourselves, don't we? Because of our lack of action. So what do we really believe? Amen. If we believe we're going to seek after him with all of our heart, if we believe that he's the eternal God and in him lies eternal life, then we are going to put everything that we have into this. Amen? And I know you are. <clears throat> we find every, the beginning of everything except the beginning of God. <laughs> there is no beginning of God, and there is no ending. He is eternal. Think about that for a little while and make you go a little stir-crazy. Amen? We cannot comprehend eternity. Amen. Just look at your own body. And I'm in the adult class today. And so we have a few years behind us. And we know that these bodies are not eternal, right? <clears throat> but we can feel within us that our spirit, it is eternal. Amen. We still feel young, right? We still feel like we can uh, run through a troop and leap over a, a wall. <laughs> but these days I just walk down the hall and I stumble. I don't know why that is, because I'm not picking up my feet, I guess. But our bodies are deteriorating, but our spirit, hallelujah, our spirit's alive, it's everlasting. So in Genesis, as we look through it, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, really interesting thing, but it's mostly about events, right? Four major events that we find, creation, and then we find about the fall of mankind, there in Genesis, and then after the fall of mankind, we see the flood, and then after the flood, we find the Tower of Babel, which are the disbursement of nations, and so those four main events that we read about in Genesis, they're so interesting and so powerful as you look into them, and so you have to start at the very beginning one, which is the creation. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You believe that? In the beginning, God created. Doesn't give any explanation, really. Doesn't say how he did it. He just, God did it. Hallelujah. And you have to, to believe. Do you believe that or do you not believe that? Amen? Remember the, gen, uh, the definition that we we had for believing if one believes in something, one can act on it with purpose. So if you believe in that simple statement, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, the rest of the Bible gets easier. Amen? You don't have any problem believing the rest of the Word of God if you can grasp a hold of that one thing, that in the beginning, God created all things. There is a God. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 tells us... <clears throat> That through faith, through believing, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. So it's through faith that we understand 
that what we see was made by the Word of God. Amen? Not some kind of uh, things that are made because of something else that was there. Amen? Evolution. And it's interesting, as you know, as science, they have so much, you know, the, the Bible's not a science book, uh, but it is scientifically correct. The Bible talked about the, the earth being a sphere and man over generations and generations realized that, yeah, you know what? The earth is round, amen? The Bible talks about the life being in the blood, right? Through generations, man's come to find out, yeah, life is in the blood. That's where it's at, yeah. Well, the Bible already said that. So the Bible's not really a scientific book as far as you wanting to try to solve things, but it's not scientifically incorrect, amen? And all through the ages, as men gather more and more information, usually their old ideas that are against the Word of God, they fall off by the wayside and they have to get new ideas, right? Amen. But simply in the beginning, God. Hallelujah. God created all things. Psalms chapter 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night uttereth knowledge. Think about it. He says, you just go out at night, and you look up into the heavens, and you think about it. There has to be a God. Amen. And he says, it speaks all day long. With the sun, it speaks all day night, all, day, uh, all night long, with the, the moon and the stars. Amen. In verse 3, and there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care where you live. The heavens declare the handiwork of Almighty God. Hallelujah. The heavens declare it. The power of God speaks to us every day through his creation. Amen? Remember, we have the light pollution these days in our big cities, but I can remember as a kid going out and into the woods and spending the night out in the, the woods and, and uh, you looking up at the, the canopy of stars that was above you, it was just an amazing thing. Amen? Today, we have all this light going on all around us, so it's harder to see all the, all the stars and all the Milky Way and the Big Dipper and the Little, Dip, little Dipper and once in a while, you'd see a shooting star go across the sky. It's an amazing thing. And it speaks to every individual that will stop and listen to it. Amen? <clears throat> we believe that God created all things. And that's why we are able to act upon it with purpose. That's why we can go forth because we believe that with our heart, just like Father Abraham. The second thing we find, though, in, in the uh, events, a line of events, if you will, in Genesis is the fall of mankind. Amen. But with the fall of mankind also brought with us this uh, first mention of redemption. Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God's speaking to the serpent here, the devil, the enemy that caused the fall of mankind. And God says, I will make you and the woman 
her seed enemies to each other. Amen. And you're going to bite, if you will, the heel, speaking to the devil, but he, Jesus Christ, is going to crush your head. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that God has crushed the head of the enemy? Amen. You can live for God if you want to. The enemy's already been defeated. Hallelujah. The fall is a great story about the fall of mankind, but the best thing about it is, is that first mention of the promise of when the devil's head is going to be crushed and the chains he had on me have no more power. Amen. Because Jesus Christ has set me free. Hallelujah. It's because of that first mention of redemption there, also Genesis is known as the first gospel. Did you know that? Did you ever hear that? The first gospel, because it's the first good news. It's the, pro, uh, it's the promise of Christ's victory over sin. Amen? So God's always been trying to have this relationship with mankind, but they disobey him. And he, so they fell, and then God gave them redemption to let him go out and keep trying to live for him, but the man's wickedness got worse and worse, and Man only wanted to do what they wanted to do. Amen. That's human nature. And so we find the other main event that happens is the flood. And one thing that we need to realize in this is that God's judgment is coming. Amen. We look around on this world and we understand. He said he's never going to destroy the world again by flood. Amen. This time it's going to be by fire. But when God gets enough, he looked around and he had enough of the world. And he said, I'm going, to, I'm going to destroy mankind because of their wickedness. All except for Noah and his wife and his three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. Amen. God spared them in the ark of the covenant <clears throat> or in the ark of the, the boat over the flood. And so... The flood is a reminder to us that God is serious about how we live our lives, how we act upon what we believe. There's coming a judgment day. Look at your neighbor. Tell them there's coming a judgment day. Look at the other one. Says, yeah, it's coming. Do we believe that? Amen. I think if we really believed that, we'd make some changes in our lives. Amen. And Jesus could come tonight if we thought he was coming tonight, if we knew he was coming tonight. And it was in the papers that he was coming tonight. And yeah, everybody was saying, yes, he's coming tonight. I bet you couldn't find a seat in this house today. Amen. So judgment is coming. That's what the flood Reminds us of that God is serious about what he desires for his creation to do. But he wants this relationship. He wants us to be. And so after, after the flood, he says, okay, now I want you to go out and multiply, right? Go out into the world, multiply. Well, did they do that? No. They said, we don't want to do that. Let's all stay here together. And we're going to build this Tower of Babel and We'll protect ourselves against anything that might come and we can stay as one. Well, God dispersed that. That was the beginning of nations. 
beginning of languages. Amen. So all these beginnings and, and verses 1 through 11 have these four major events. Creation, the fall, the flood, and then the disbursement at the Tower of Babel. And at the end of chapter 11, we find the genealogy of man through one of Noah's sons, Seth. And then the focus is now shifting from God dealing with mankind as a whole and comes down into a singular family, Terah. Amen. And if we look, let's just look at the end of chapter number 11, verse 27. If you got your Bibles, turn there. These are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram. So Abram, or Abraham as we call him today, Abram was the son of Terah. Nahor and Haran uh, were Abram's brother. Amen. And um, Haran begat Lot. 28, and Haran died before his father Terran in the land of nativity of, in Ur of Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor, uh, Nahor took them wives. And the name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Malchah and the daughter of Haran, the father of Malchah and the father of Ishkah. And Sarah was barren and she had no children. So or Sarai, I guess at that time. Sarah, she was barren. This says Abram's wife was barren, no children. Verse 31, and Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, his son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Amen. And so we see this little genealogy here, and God focusing on this one family now, and he's going to pick up with a man by the name of Abram. Amen. Abram, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. The rest of the book of Genesis is going to focus on this family and the lives of these four men, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob's son, one of Jacob's sons, Joseph. Amen? So like I said, the, the focus goes on the, uh, from humanity as a whole, God dealing with them. Now he's going to <clears throat> start dealing with an individual. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me. We find that um, Genesis 1 through 11 covers... Couple, over a couple thousand years, I believe it is, and then time begins to slow down in the last 12, or the, from 12 to 50, <clears throat> time begins to slow down, and it just covers several hundred years, because God's focus is on individuals, amen? God's focus is on you. You believe that? God, folk, he's not, I mean, yes, he blesses this church as a whole, East Wind Pentecostal Church. Yes, we gather together. But in the, the bottom line of us all, all is that God's relationship is not with you because you're a member of this church. It's a one-on-one -on -one relationship, amen, that God desires with each and every one of us. So Terah, he was an idol worshiper in the city of the Ur of the Chaldees, Abram's father. And Abram is... 
introduced to us for the first time here at the end of chapter 11. And Abram means exalted father, okay? Genesis chapter 12, we move to now. Chapter 12, verse 1, we find Abram's call. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Talking about the, the coming of Christ eventually to, under the earth, and through them all the families of the earth shall be blessed through Jesus Christ. Amen. But we look into this, and, and God made a covenant with, with Abram that he was going to make him a great nation. Amen. And that's the nation of Israel as we know it today. <clears throat> and you don't have to, if you don't believe in the Word of God, you, gotta, you just have to have your head buried in the sand somewhere, right? Because just look at the nation of Israel, and it tells you that God's promises and what the word has said about the nation of Israel is so true, you know. It's the only nation I believe in that's ever had ceased to be a nation and then came back again to be a nation once again. And it seems like all the world is focused around what Israel is doing or what they're not doing, right? And that's talking about all the nations of the world coming against it. At the end, we see that happening, amen, in in the day that we are living in. But it's so evident that we see the prophecies of the Word of God being played out right before our very eyes. So don't get your head in the sand. Amen. Don't get your head into this world. Look up. Hallelujah. For your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. I don't believe and I don't think you do either that it's going to be very long before the Lord splits that eastern sky and calls His church on home. Amen. And I want to be looking for him, amen. There's nothing else worthy to be looking for but the coming of the Lord, amen. So Abraham got this call and he said, you know, if, if you bless, I mean, that's why the United States has been blessed because we've been friends with Israel, amen. And the day that we cease to be friends with them is the, is the day we've just signed our own demise, amen. That'll be the end of us, but <clears throat> He's going to bless them that bless him, and he's going to curse them that curse him or the nation of Israel. But we read there at the beginning about the steps of faith, and I want to just kind of go through some of these steps, three in particular, that we find in in Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. But let me just reread Romans chapter 4, verse 12 that we read earlier. The father of the circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but all to who also walk in the steps of that faith. To those who walk in the steps of the faith, just like our father Abraham, which he had yet being uncircumcision. Amen? Romans 2 and 28 says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. 
the circumcision of that which is of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. <clears throat> so this circumcision that we have is that circumcision in the heart. We've already talked about it a little bit, but when we take inventory of our heart, what's in your heart? You know what I'm saying? Jesus said, and I'm putting this in my own words when he was here, he said, uh, you know, you say if you kill somebody, then he's guilty of the law. And he said, I, I say if you hate your brother, you're already a, a murderer. Amen. So that's what's in the heart. You may want to kill somebody. <laughs> Don't do it. Amen. But it's what's in the heart. Amen. God looks into the heart of each and every individual. It's that circumcision of the heart in the spirit, not of the letter, whose praise is not of men nor of God. But as we look into Genesis chapter 12, when we're introduced to this man, Abram, amen, we find that he had certain three steps that I just picked out. The first one is, these are steps of faith. <clears throat> Separation. Genesis 12, verse number four. So Abraham departed. Everybody say, he departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. All right, so Abraham's 75 years now, right? He's got a wife that's barren, and God's promised him that he's going to be the father of many. Amen? He's going to be a father of many. So Abraham believes him. All right. God tells him what he wants him to do. I want you to depart, separate yourself, go out from them that are among them and from your family. Amen. So Abraham departed. Everybody say he departed. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 16. Now remember ours is not of the flesh, but it's within the heart. Amen. So you don't have to leave your family. Amen. <clears throat> but in our heart, we have to put him first. Amen. Doesn't mean you need to change a physical location, but it does mean you need to change location of your belief. I was believing this way. I'm believing this now. I was going this direction, but I repented, and now I'm going in a new direction. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. We are the temple of the living God. It's Christ in us, right? As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17, wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. Come out from among them, and be ye separate. Okay. So, living for God today is still a call of separation. Amen. We should be separate from the world. We should talk differently than the world. 
We should act differently than the world. We should dress differently than the world. Amen? We should be separate from the world. It's a separation. It still takes a separation. <clears throat> now, when you look at these things and these different steps of faith, this is, these are hard things to do. Amen? I remember when I first got into church and I had to separate myself from the world and <clears throat> I was separating myself from the old lifestyle, right? And I had friends in the world and they were good friends, you know? And they were like, well, you know, this church this is separating us. And I thought, yeah, kind of it is, but you have the invitation to come with me. I'm not separating from you. I'm just not going that direction. I invited many of them to church and many of them came to church and I can remember one, one of them just telling me one time, you know, this is not for me. And uh, he was just plain and simple. This is not for me. And I said, well, that's fine. It, it is for me. This is the direction I'm going. So it's not that I just said, uh, you know, you're not my friend anymore, right? I'm separating myself from the actions and the lifestyle and the direction that they were going. It was a hard thing to do at 19 years old. It was a it's never an easy thing to do. You think it was easy for Abraham to separate himself from his family and to go out, amen? It wasn't. It's a hard thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do, amen? But your happiness is going to be dependent upon your walk with the Lord and your happiness in your walk with the Lord is going to be dependent upon your ability to separate from this world. We try too hard to have one foot in and one foot out, so to speak. And, and we all do it in a sense, you know. But he says, come out from among them. Be ye separate. Amen. Come out. Separate yourself from this lifestyle and walk towards me. Amen. And the most miserable people that I know in the church are those that are, you know, half in, half out. They're always struggling with their walk with the Lord. And, you know, get in. Amen? Or get out. Hallelujah. As the old saying goes, get in, get out, or get run over. Because the church keeps on marching on. Amen? But it does take a separation. You can't just come into the house of God and worship God, praise God, and say, I believe in God, and go out and live however you want. We all understand that, don't we? All right. If you don't understand that, see me after church. <clears throat> I'll try to be a lot more plain about it. But we have to separate ourselves. I don't think, I don't think that should be strange to us that, that we should be, we are going, you know, in the Old Testament, that's our schoolmaster, right? You, if you weren't a Jew, you were a heathen. Okay? You weren't a Jew, you were a heathen. You could, now, you could become part of the Jewish community if you wanted to be circumcised, if you wanted to go by the laws and the rules of the Jewish people. <clears throat> But if not, you were, they separated. They weren't supposed to associate with you. They weren't supposed to intermarriage and all these other things. And so separation, it becomes a very hard thing, but it's a needful thing. It still calls for separation. I just feel like I need to hammer that at home a little, a little bit because you're all looking at me like a deer in the headlights. <clears throat> maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's elementary to you. But it's so profound that we need to separate. Hallelujah. 
you cannot live like the world and be a child of God. Amen. Because if you really believe this, then you will act upon it with purpose. All right. Let's move on. Step number two, sacrifice. Genesis 12 and 27. The Lord appeared unto Abram said unto, unto, and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Speaking of Canaan, the land of promise. And there built he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. It's talking about Abraham. Built an altar. Amen. And he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar. Everybody say, he built an altar. Unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Amen. An altar is simply, we call this an altar, right? We say, let's all come up to the altar. An altar in the Old Testament was where something died. When you come up to this altar, and once again, we're not talking about the flesh, right? You don't have to die out. You don't have to bring a lamb now and sacrifice it on the altar. It's already been done for us, amen? But something has to die out in here to sacrifice, amen, this life, to sacrifice what's in something has to die. Repentance, it's called repentance, don't ever be afraid to come up to the altar, amen? Come up now, if you're the first time and uh, <clears throat> you come up to the altar and everybody's going to start laying their hands on you and pulling you around, tugging you around, throwing you around. <clears throat> but you just keep coming, keep coming to the altar. After a while, they'll leave you alone. <clears throat> and you can get a hold of God up here. No, I'm joking. It's a place where we die out to ourselves. It's a place and then just the intensity and the, the love of the people that are around you want to help you pray and we help people pray to seek God because we know that God's desiring that relationship with us, right? And that we are dying. There's something's dying up here. Our will. Amen. And it's going to cost you something. Amen. So a sacrifice, something died and it cost them something. Something they took out of their flock, they lost an animal in the Old Testament, we lose, it cost us something to live for God, amen? That's saying that grace is free, right? But it's gonna cost you everything. Salvation's free, but it's gonna cost you everything. Does that make sense? Matthew 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny. Everybody say deny. That means build an altar, Amen. That means sacrifice, deny thyself. Everybody say, take up his cross. There it is. There's another altar. There's another sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. And follow me. Amen. Follow after Christ. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Think about this now. It's profound. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. People are trying to find themselves in the wrong way. The way that you find yourself is come to the foot of the cross. Give yourself to Jesus, and he begins to shine the light 
on you. Amen? And he begins to help us to change. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the transformation that you've made in your life? And you never arrive. We don't ever arrive. God continually shines. But the problem is that men love darkness rather than the light. So God's trying to shed the light on our souls, shed the light on that. And he said, I want to help you. I want, to, I want you to really know who you are. Amen. The more we know who we are, the more secure we are in Jesus Christ, the more we're secure in the world and in everything else that we do. Amen. Jesus said, I had no reputation. Amen. When we, when we get that in our mind that we don't need a reputation, I'm not saying act like a fool. Amen. And be stupid and all that stuff. But when we're not worried about what other people think, amen, that's when we can have a work done on the inside. Hallelujah. That sacrifice of bringing ourselves to the altar. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Amen. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. And what shall it profit, what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We better know what's important. What shall a man give in exchange of his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he shall receive a reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. You ever thought about prayer, the power of prayer, and there's no limit? Really, I know we got to go to work, and I know we got to eat and sleep, and but think of all the extra time that we have that we could spend in prayer and how powerful prayer is, and yet we leave it on the shelf. We just kind of go through the days. Prayer sacrificing this old body to bring it unto an altar of prayer. Amen? God's going to just bless us beyond compare. The power of God in our lives has no limit except what we put on ourselves. Um, I believe that with all my heart. Amen. All right, let me move on to the third one. Mention it real quickly, and we'll be done. Steadfastness. All right? So you got to be steadfast. What was the first one? Separate. Second one, sacrifice. And the third one, steadfastness. You just got to keep on keeping on. Amen. Keep going. Just read this real quick because I'm out of time. Genesis 12, verse 9. And Abraham journeyed going on still. Toward the south, verse 10, and there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there, and for the famine was grievous. Everybody say the famine was grievous in the land. So here God speaks to Abram, and he says, I'm going to give you this land, Canaan. Go down there. So Abram does. What's he find? Famine. So you got to be thinking at this time, don't you? <laughs> Did I hear the voice of God? Amen. And in your walk with the Lord, there'll be famines in your life. There'll be struggles, problems. We don't have time to touch on all this. <clears throat> but fear will come into your life, delayed answer to prayer, all these different things. But you just have to keep 
being steadfast in the Lord. Amen? It's not because he's forgot about you, forgot, but when we are going through all the problems, situations in our life, it's a, it's a place where we grow in our faith. If you exercise in the natural, and I don't, <clears throat> but if you do, they tell you that if you make that arm hurt, you know, you put some pressure on it, builds it up, right? That's why I don't have anything here because I don't do that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Body, bodily exercise profits a man little, and I've got scripture for it. <clears throat> no, I should exercise more, but... Spiritually, it's the same way when we are challenged in life and we have to persevere and we have to keep on going on. It strengthens our faith. Amen. And then when we do this, we are sealed, amen, by Almighty God with his spirit. I'm out of time. You've been a great audience today. God bless you. Take the steps of faith. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>